When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Opinion Line on Quartz 96 FM. Getting a diagnosis of something like ADHD for your child you know you're headed down a certain path with your child and you know that your child's future and you know their well-being and their life and their schooling and is going to be affected in a particular way by their ADHD and how you deal with it but imagine being an adult and being diagnosed with ADHD as an adult how does that affect your life. That's what happened to Mike Ryan. Um, he's uh, involved in theatre, based here in Cork. Mike, you were diagnosed with ADHD. Do you mind me asking what age you were? Good morning. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I was 31 when I got my official diagnosis, but I'd known since I was about 30. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and how did it come? How, first of all, how did you come to, to realise that something was different? Yeah, I suppose I've always felt, what I've been saying lately is that I always thought it was a bit weird, but I never thought I was different. Um, a friend of mine suggested um, the summer of 2020 that I might have it because they had just been diagnosed and um, asked, you know, suggested I should get look into getting a diagnosis. And the more I looked into it, the more I read about it, the more it all sort of started to resonate with me. And the more I started to realize that it was quite uh, obvious the more I learned about the condition. So I went to my GP and asked for a referral um, to mental, local mental health services to try and get an assessment. But I knew I was heading down a long road there. Yeah. How long did it take you to meet someone? Well, my initial referral was actually refused by uh, the local mental health service. Um, they sent me back a letter which said that essentially unless I was psychotic or suicidal, um, they wouldn't see me. Um, which is unfortunate. Uh, so I went down the private route for a little bit and I spent a lot of money to get private assessments done and they were all confirming what I already thought. But that was also taking quite a long time. And in the meantime, I had moved house. So I thought somebody had suggested to me that maybe my new location, I might have a better chance of being referred to somewhere that could, um, you know, give me an official diagnosis. And I got very, very lucky. And my second referral ended up, um, I got a call a few weeks later and I was in and I was in a three hour assessment with a psychiatrist who confirmed all my suspicions, said it was a definitive diagnosis. And I left that day with a prescription and with a plan on how to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you sent me some detail of, of why they wouldn't see you 
in in the first place. Yeah. You know, and you just wanted to know why you felt so different, and you wanted to put. Did you want to put a name on something, Mike? Did you want to sort of say, right, well, here's why I feel different? Well, and I suppose I had like what, the more I read into it, the more I realised that a lot of the issues I had struggled with uh, throughout my whole life, really, and especially during my twenties and my teenage years, uh, could all be connected back to this condition. And that if I could get that treated, that it might be able to solve some of the sort of um, all of the lingering problems that I had developed. You know, you spend your whole life, I suppose. Um, it's it's hard from the inside to notice that you're different about yourself. I just thought that I was, uh, I sort of had this voice in my head the whole time telling me that I wasn't trying hard enough, right. uh, constantly going around my head. And that was the reason that I wasn't succeeding where other people around me were. I didn't think I was in any way different to other people. Um, in my 20s, I was diagnosed with depression and with anxiety, which is really, really common for people with ADHD. Um, but they're actually symptoms rather than root causes yes. uh, a lot of the time. So I never really felt that my depression was that bad or my anxiety was that bad, that there was something else kind of happening, you know. So I was keen to get to the bottom of that. And it had sent me to very dark places over the years. So I suppose that's why the response I got from um, CUH was really disheartening because, uh, you know, it essentially said unless I was suicidal that they wouldn't see me. But I mean, that's because I had my mental health under control. By the time I was 30, I had had a lot of support for different things. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't have that, you know. Um, I was lucky that I my mental health was quite strong, but it was yes. this is something that was impacting me day in and day out in a very uh, constant way. And you know when you finally got... The diagnosis then. And I remember, I have, mm-hmm. I have a great friend who was diagnosed with autism in his 40s. And I remember him saying to me mm-hmm. at the time, he said, do you know, PJ, it answered so many questions about my life. Did you have an experience like that? Yeah, and I think uh, most people who get a diagnosis in their adulthood have that experience. You sort of play the film back and you look back over your life and lots of things start to make sense. Um, my friends all throughout my teenage years and throughout my college years used to make fun of me because I always had a can of Red Bull in my hand. Uh, you know, uh, there's different things that, you know, that was me trying to stimulate myself, not realizing it, but caffeine is a stimulant. So that was actually me trying to help myself concentrate. It wouldn't make me hyper or anything. It would just make me calm down, if anything. Um, you know, and you sort of start to grieve for how you treated yourself throughout all those years. And there a lot of people who get a late diagnosis of ADHD talk about the grief of looking back and how awful you are to yourself and how much self-blame you have. And everything sort of does start to click into place. And even still to this day, I'll remember things or I'll do something and it'll sort of click in my head. Oh, I, I know why I do that now, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, it is a, it's, it's quite a roller coaster. My psychiatrist, who's fantastic, like told me that that was what happened. She said that you're going to experience a lot of like, you're going to be on an emotional roller coaster for a while as you start right. to really look back over all this stuff. You is know? it that you you now look back, Mike, and and you see sort of shall we say negative experiences in 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 certain aspects of your life that might not have happened had you known about your ADHD? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, uh, definitely negative experiences. You know, ADHD causes impulse control issues. You know. Um, you t- people tend to self-medicate. I definitely would have drank a lot in my 20s. Um, and there's also, I mean, there's a reason why if the prison population uh, worldwide, they reckon about uh, 20 to 40% of people in prison have ADHD. Mm. You know, it causes you to make terrible decisions, you know, and it's, yeah, it's 
incredibly high in prison populations worldwide. Uh, in the general public, it's still quite high. Uh, ADHD Ireland uh, thinks that it's somewhere between 2.5 and 4.4%. Mm-hmm. And to put that in perspective, if you were to fill Parky Cueve with 45,000 people, which is its capacity, then even at 2.5%, that's over 1,000 people in that stadium that have ADHD. And which is unfortunate because if you live in that catchment area and you try to get a referral, you're going to get a rejection from the local mental health authority like I did as well. I see. Yes. And and how do you, I mean, do you live with it now? Do, is there something you can do for it or is it just there? Mm-hmm. I suppose that's the thing about ADHD and why it's such a pity that um, services aren't there for it. And it's kind of a lottery where you get referred to because it's one of the most treatable conditions on the planet. Oh, really? They've been researching it since the 40s or 50s it's a, in 80 to 90 percent of cases it's just a matter of taking uh, for me i take one pill a day and it's a stimulant medication and it just has changed my life along with the knowledge that i have adhd and working other supports into you know my work and stuff mm-hmm. i have a day job in ucc my colleagues here have been incredibly helpful i work in the access office so they understand the first thing they asked me when i told them was what can we do to help yes there are combinations you can make but even just the medication itself it's really well researched and it's very very simple and it just it makes my life so much easier. I had to come off it for a period in January and it was I was overwhelmed with how um, different it was because I was suddenly remembering what it was like before I had the medication, you know. Right. Uh, it's a very, like, now, not all cases are that easily solved, sure. but for the vast majority of people, it's a case of taking one medication and it can make a huge difference. You can only refer to, to your own case as it were. So take yeah. something in, in the average working day that mm-hmm. maybe post-diagnosis as opposed to pre-diagnosis something that yeah. would have overwhelmed you in the course of a working day working day is it that it now doesn't or that you you know what to do to uh, you know to make sure that it won't overwhelm you um, it's a bit of a mix really I suppose uh, what it helps you with is staying on task I find it a lot easier if I pick something to do to stay on that and not get distracted, um, you know, and that alone makes my life awfully easier. Whereas previously, I would have needed, you know, a deadline looming over me to get me started on something, or I would need, you know, some sort of a, a like a big push or a big amount of pressure to get started on a task, whether it's writing a report or, you know, getting stuck into some sort of like uh, admin duties. Um, so it's still difficult. It still takes me a lot more effort but it's just easier to get started and to get stuck into it, you know. Uh, And that alone, just removing that barrier has made things so much easier. Are you better now at focusing on details, say, than you used to be? Um, Yeah, I I am better, but it's still quite difficult. You know, the medication makes things easier, but it doesn't kind of make my brain work the same as a normal person's. I still struggle a lot. I have to do a lot of arts applications for funding, working in my my theatre work. And I mean, that's patently designed, not designed for my brain because it requires attention to detail. It requires, um, you know, budgeting, clarity of vision, a lot of organization, a lot of forward planning to make sure you don't miss deadlines. And then when you work in the arts, you do a lot of rejections, no matter what. And uh, my, I'm also not really equipped for that. There's a thing called rejection sensitive dysphoria that a lot of people with ADHD have. So if I get a rejection, it almost physically hurts me and it's you, really overwhelming. You I remember getting a rejection email. Yeah, yeah, and I take it very personally, and I, I can't help but do that. And I remember getting one, I had set up a series of applications last year, and I think I got about six or seven rejections in a row, and the last one really crippled me. And I I found I wasn't able to look at anything to, like an application for about two months. I got complete burnout because it had taken me so much more effort to get the applications in. 
when I was getting the sort of rejections back, which is part of the course in the arts, you know, you have to deal with them. Mm. But it's just a system that's not really um, well designed for people whose brains work slightly differently, you know. Coming back to your experience of trying to get checked and assessed, for anybody mm -hmm. who is concerned about themselves and who think that they might mm -hmm. be uh, or might have or might be exhibiting some signs of ADHD, they'll be listening to your experience and they'll say, well, you know, I went looking for a referral. He went looking for a referral and he got told, no, we're not doing that with you. What advice would you give them? I'm not sure. It's, it's a, a very, that's, I suppose, part of the reason why I agreed to come on because it, the supports aren't really there. I think there's only three adult ADHD hubs in the country, one in Dublin, one in Galway, one in Limerick. Um, you're heading down a very tough road and it's a very solvable issue. My advice, I suppose, would be go to your GP, talk to your GP about it and see if you can get a referral to a local mental health service. Aside from that, I've heard of people traveling to other countries to get diagnoses. I've heard of people going privately and spending massive amounts of money trying to get a diagnosis. Um, you know, there is ADHD Ireland is a great support. They have some great advice on their website. Uh, there's a support group on Facebook as well. I think it's called uh, ADHD Ireland Support Group. Um, there's some advice there, but to be honest, it's just full of people who are having an awful time trying to get diagnosis. Well, I wish, I wish you well. Yeah. You're post-diagnosis now, and you've got your medication. I'm glad it's going well for you. Uh, and anybody else who wants to find out more can follow your blog and, and all of that. Mike Ryan, thank you very much. Um, diagnosed recently with ADHD. Life-changing diagnosis. Simple to treat, in his case. Simple to treat and explains a whole lot uh, about his personality that used to bother him before. Thanks, Mike. Quartz 96 FM. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.